Welcome to the Reading Aloud Podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. It is really important to note that we basically have created an OnlyFans account with some photos that we posted, but put little markings over so people couldn't see that if you join our Patreon, you get to see them. Mm -hmm. And you get to hear the episode from last week, the extension on that, which was fiery, sexy, sexy. Okay. So our very first trip with Neo, who is not yet two years old, was to Mexico. Mexico. It was freaking awesome because we were overly prepared (laughs) when we were coming home i want to give us a better i mean like i think we were overly prepared Uh, uh but we also babe you drove to tennessee to get one item oh the like two days before we left you were like we have to have it i mean we both did it was an ipad yeah we had to have it on the airplane yeah God bless that our son actually likes uh, TV. I mean, I, I, you know, shout out to Neo. He did great. You know, when we were in the airport coming home, there was this woman who was judging us so hard. She had kids. She had multiple kids. She's sitting in the airport. She's snacking and she's judging. We were boarding the plane and we're like, okay, get his jammies on. Should we put the onesie on? Should we put the top on? Get his shoes off. Put his socks on. Put the shoes over the socks. <laughs> like, get him t- get him ready. Change his diaper one more time before we go. I mean, we and we're both manhandling our child. We're both holding on to him, putting on his outfit. And she's just looking at us being like, mm-hmm, first time parents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were a little overly prepared, but he's got big personality. He's got a lot. I feel like we had a pretty good game plan and we executed that game plan. And here's the backstory to all of what you just said. We were arriving at an airport at our final destination at 9.30 at night. The flight started at 7.30 p.m. The flight arrived at 9.30 p.m. And then we had a two-hour drive from the airport back home with a less than two-year-old. So we were getting him ready. For that trip. Yeah. And we started the day at 7.30 and left our Airbnb at 8.30. Yeah. A.M. And so, like, we had had a whole shebang of a day in a foreign country with a kid. And then we were basically just getting him prepared for what was going to be, like, his nighttime, which we still had two-plus legs of traveling to do and getting home. And so that was, like, the final push of that. So that lady can judge all she wants, but I feel totally good about it. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that's the one where like the very first flight that we took last week and then that last flight were the two that we were most, you know, prepared and concerned about. But I will say when and if we have another kid, we're just going, it's just going to be more relaxed. I actually learned so much about his flexibility in doing this. And so that's what I want to talk about is like, what's the combination of preparation versus flexibility? Because up until Christmas, so this is February up until Christmas, I just did not trust that I could do anything longer than 
a five hour drive with him. And when we tried to do a three hour drive right after I said that, I'm like, let's just drive to Texas and see our friends from North Carolina. And then we took a three hour drive with him where he screamed the entire way because it wasn't his nap time. I agree with you. I think the next time we're going to be, we, we learned a lot from this time. It makes me think of this like, you know, funny Instagram, uh, kind of real that I saw where it's it's it says you know it's got this couple and it's the first headed to the hospital with the first kid and they're like all ready to go and they got all these like hospital bags and they're like all panicky and rushing out the door and then it shows like the second kid and they have like a little bit a little bag and they're more relaxed and then it's like the third kid and the dad has golf clubs and the mom's like sipping a a fruity drink and like has on her sunglasses and is like on her phone by the time they take you know headed to the hospital to have the third kid so you know I think that's pretty natural that you know we're over prepared I also think it's fun like it's it is anxiety and it is the unknown so you end up learning a lot but it's also just fun like I don't know we were having a good time getting all of our stuff together and just I don't, I don't know. I was excited to be prepared and it helped with anxiety. We had way too many snacks. I don't even know how we got those snacks home because we had all of the snacks. Well, we arrived. I mean, so, I mean, enough, enough to feed the third battalion. We were like, but it was because he was on hunger strike because he had a fever the entire time we were there. And it was the highest fever he's ever had. And I called my friend. She was like, he can totally handle this I never even called our doctor but it but then I just told another friend and she she gasped when I said how high his fever was she was like oh my god and she's got two kids who are not babies and she was like you have the right to be freaked out and we were so remote so we came prepared with medicine that was a good thing that was great yeah. And there are people out there that probably don't like this, but I think we are people who kind of we like the game of that preparation. And I would dare to say most people do in some aspects. Being prepared and having things that are multi-use and being prepared for different scenarios, particularly when traveling international, there's joy in that. There's joy in being resourceful like that. I think that especially to a place where we were going, as you said, was very remote. We just, you know, we wanted to have everything and we didn't know. Neo is at an age, and I think this podcast can be helpful for people who are traveling with kids at an age where he can't necessarily communicate everything that he needs. And so you, you know, you don't know, is he going to want this? Is he not going to want this? And yeah. And so we were just trying to be prepared for all those. And and the key here is just learning what we learned and taking away and, and doing it more, you know, doing it better the next time. When you had your Super Bowl party a couple weeks ago, that was when I realized that he could sleep through anything. And and then, you know, leaving the airport and there's this flock of teenagers who were screaming and, and excited to see each other and clapping. And, I was, and he's just passed out on me. And I'm like, all right, he can sleep through anything. He slept in cars. He slept well... <laughs> Also, we didn't have a car seat. So here's here's my question. Here's my question to you. In my morning pages, which is a Julia Cameron reference from The Artist Way, I do morning pages. I had a thought right after Christmas in January, like, we need to go on a trip with him because we had planned a trip to L.A., but it was right at a height of a COVID spike and, you know, he couldn't wear a mask. And so we canceled it. He wasn't even one yet. So we canceled that trip, which I can hardly even talk about. Uh, but this, so this was our first plane ride with him and we chose to go to a developing country remote. So not even in the main city, but up to a beach town, 40 minutes over to our Airbnb down a dirt road. And I just am curious, like, was that, 
silly? I mean, it didn't turn out to be silly, but like, was that a silly start? We just wanted to get a trip in before he turned two. I don't think so. Um, is that your question to me? Is that well, a silly start? You know, we wanted to get that trip in before he turned two because then you start to have to pay for flights. And I was like, oh, gosh. And you and I used to do a bunch of international travel. And now that we felt more resilient, I was like, we just need to get out of the country. We just need to do it. And we need to do it before he turns two. So my my question just being really, do you think it was crazy that we went international or do you think it even matters i don't think it matters that much and you know i think that i mean it would matter if we if we had like a 14 hour plane flight or something like that 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 would be a different scenario but the plane flights were relatively the same and it was totally fine that we went international now because he had the health scare and we were remote that was a little bit of a difference but you know that could have been the same case if we were out west somewhere and in, yeah, in a remote but location you, yeah, but there was remote but like you you also know that eventually you get to some type of healthcare establishment where your like healthcare would be recognized or yeah. you speak the same language <clears throat> yeah so that was you know i mean i think that that is a risk but overarchingly no i don't i don't it it wasn't like a big leap in my opinion do you think that's why it went so well because we weren't freaked out or you know I mean so many things went wrong while we were there the two main things being that we didn't have a good crib for him that was like kind of the number one thing because since he was a baby you know I left the bedroom early because I couldn't sleep I couldn't rest with him in the room and so we had to make like a makeshift bed that he could easily get out of in our room and we just we just totally rocked it. And then at one point, because it was so remote, the power went out and the water went out and he was sick. So, but we just rocked it. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like that it was a mindset thing that we could do it. I think that this trip was a marking point for us in the sense of we had a pretty difficult first year of his life. Yet before that, and in our relationship, and in ourselves as individuals, we are very adaptable, resilient, incredible people. And that manifested itself in the, in terms of, like, we would travel a lot, and we would go on these, like, cool trips, and we would stay weird places, and we not would... Not know where we were going, Not really. know where we were going, and, you know, we, we kind of had that, had that vibe. And, you know, I, I feel like there was aspects of us, again, first difficult first year of his life. You know, I had a really difficult year last year and didn't get out that much. And so I feel like this was a reminder of how resilient and how adaptable and resilient. They're the only two words that are coming to mind right now, but how resilient we can be as a couple and as a family and that Neo has that in him as well. Yeah. That's great. I love the way you said that, that Neo has it in him as well. I think lots of kids do. And he would be a good example of he's really busy. He likes to move around. He doesn't like to be told what to do at all. He never has. He doesn't necessarily like to be touched all that much. Honestly, the fact that he had a fever probably was helpful on the way there because he was he needed the snugs. I want to say this, too, because I, I feel pretty 
passionate about allowing people, especially when traveling and especially when adventuring. And I mean that like if you're going out in the woods, I mean that if you're going to a different country, I mean that if you're going on a road trip or whatever and do what you need to do to feel comfortable. Like there is no right way. And if you want to bring five checked bags full of everything you know, go for it if that's what's going to make you feel comfortable and have a good time. Like, there's a sense of when traveling or going on an adventure or even, like, going camping or something like that, like, there's a there's a right way to do it and that you have to have all these specific gear and you have to have all this specific stuff. And, you know, people have been traveling around the world for generations and people have been going on pilgrimages and trips and people have been going out in the woods with their families for thousands of years and it's okay however you want to do it I don't care I think it was funny that that lady was judging us but at the same time it brings up something deeper for me where like there's this sense that like I'm doing it better because I have less things I have less stuff I have all my things like organized and this and this and this and it's all efficient and whatnot and this is like the best way to go about it. You know, I just don't believe that. I'm like, maybe that works for you, but that might not work for somebody else. And everyone's striving to be this like one model of something when they're traveling or adventuring. It's just bullshit. It's like if so if you're traveling with your kid and you want to bring everything you can think of for that kid i mean like you know if that's what is your vibe who cares if you want to bring just a little bit and 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 make them tough it out that's up to you and certainly there could be extremes of that which you probably want to avoid so basically what you're saying is you're non-judgmental which we all know yeah i mean um but you didn't judge me when you first met me and I was like, yes, we will camp with all the things because we do bring a blow up mattress with a feather pillow top with sheets and a fan. I think there judgment is, is one. I mean, like if you want to bring it, bring it. If that's the kind of camping, if there's room, why not? Like, what am I who am I? What am I trying to prove here? But then you have to carry it. (laughs) Well, I have to carry it all. But the thing is, when we do that, we're not going backpacking, right? We're either going car camping or we're going canoe camping where we can fit all of things safely into a canoe. All I know is that one time you ended a backpacking trip eating foraged mushrooms in a tortilla. And that didn't really serve any of you all very well. (laughs) That was a different type of trip with a different kind of crew, you know? (laughs) And that was what worked for us on that trip. It wasn't because we didn't have completely any food left. It was because it enhanced our meal and then it also enhanced our bathroom trips the next day. Bathroom trips to the ba- to the formal bathroom. To the formal bathroom by the oak tree, yes. Okay, so what are our top five tips for traveling, truly? So my first tip would be to one of the the tips that I got was bring a variety of snacks because inevitably the snack that your kid liked liked will be the one that they no longer want so bring lots of snacks my tip would be bring a kid carrying device that really works for you and the kid Ooh, do I get credit for this oh totally that's fine um you know you had the idea of bringing our kind of hiking backpack, the one that Neo can kind of sit in the back. And we have a pretty low profile one. It's not one of those, you know, kind of like Cleopatra on her throne, like sitting way up high above you one. It's This is just like a literally just a smaller backpack, but it has a slip for him to sit in. And uh, 
we didn't use it the entire trip until the way home. And then we had going through customs in uh, when we came back into the country, there was like lines and we had to go quick because we were on a short layover. And boy, having him in that backpack and being able to kind of like flow through those lines of people and run through the airport. Carrying all of our bags. Carrying all of our bags and everything was absolutely necessary. And I would have brought that backpack just for that one you know, hour and a half. Yeah, we had an ergo, a backpack and a tush baby with us. And so the backpack got used on the way home. The ergo got used on the way home. When he was sleeping, we would put him in the ergo so that he was. But it was only on the way home that it actually worked. It didn't work the first time on the way there. And then the tush baby was something we typically carry around the house. That one we could have done without, but it, it always helps when cooking and stuff. So do you think the tip about checking as much as you can like checking as as much of the stuff as you can was a good tip or would you have been fine carrying our bags too i think based on how we packed we kind of i think there's a number of factors there i think it's what kind of plane ticket that you have if you're i wouldn't recommend people like in terms of cost savings compared to discomfort while going around the airport like if you don't have check bags and then, you know, don't pay for like three or four checked bags when you could roll one of them. That to me isn't. So it wasn't the biggest burden um, on us. Although one thing that I will note is that we didn't have a stroller and I saw a lot of families with kids with a stroller. Now, if you have a stroller, you might not also want one or two roller bags because it's hard to push a stroller and pull a roller bag. So our bags were both backpacks and a, and kind of like a shoulder strap bag. So we had three bags that were carry-on. Each of us had a backpack, and then we had a shoulder strap bag. And then, of course, we had Neo, one of those backpacks being the hiking backpack that he could ride in. And so that was like... That was our setup. I don't think it's all it's cracked up to be to check everything so that you don't have, you know, you're just traveling minimal. I understand how that would work for some people, particularly if you have a stroller. I I think it would have been better if we had had one less bag. I was sort of under the impression that we were going to pack. I don't know why I got so confused, but... I don't know why you made me bring that extra bag. I was under the impression that everything was going to get packed. Oh, no, I thought... It it was the snacks is why we brought that extra bag. (laughs) We had a bag full of snacks. I was grateful for a couple of those snacks myself. Totally. Myself. I, I ate some of them too. So you should so here's the thing is like part of me is like doesn't want to give the hack of all hacks, but I do realize that that hack doesn't won't matter to us once he's two. And so it oh, is a short it, We give this hack. I know, but like don't aren't you like worry aren't you worried that then the hack get but it isn't because it's a short term it's a zero to two hack and it's it's necessary to give it up. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the hack. When we booked our flights, as you know, airlines suck. And they are now, you know, there's this basic economy, main economy, whatever. But anyway, you have to pick your seats, right? And as we're picking our seats, and this is now, I'll be booking flights several months in advance or a month and a half in advance. There were still seats open. So we're picking our seats. And what I did was I strategically would pick seats where there were three of us, of course, but Neil was technically supposed to be in one of our laps, so he didn't get a seat. Instead of picking two seats together in a row, 
I would pick the aisle seat and the window seat, leaving the middle seat empty. And particularly on a flight where we didn't have a short layover or where we it didn't matter how quickly we got off the, the plane, I would pick that towards the back of the plane. And so we would pick a, a, an aisle and a window, leaving the center seat, thinking that if people are picking their seats or getting assigned, they don't want to get assigned or pick a middle seat in the back. And therefore, all four of our flights, we had two flights there with, you know, the one connecting and two flights there and two flights home. All four of our flights, we had a whole row to ourselves. It was, this was not our hack. This was a hack of friends of ours, friends of ours gave us, but it was the hack of all hacks because he does not like to be touched. He didn't want to be in our laps. And if there was a person sitting next to us, he would probably get it. But I think he would have spent more time walking around in front of us trying to get through and out. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, you think about it. Most people are traveling with somebody. If you're traveling solo, there's and and we were lucky to a certain degree. Some flights are completely full. One of our flights, though, was basically full. There was one seat open, which was the seat that was between us. That's crazy. And I think most people just are traveling with people. They pick seats together. Essentially, other than him being sick on the way there and the way home, him not really being able to fall asleep because it was hot and he was overly tired. Other than that, we basically, do you think we did a good job or do you think we had good luck or was it a combination? I think it's a combination. I think we, what I would say is that we set ourselves up for success in that. And good luck comes when you have good preparation and you know you set yourself up for success then you're set up to have good luck occur to you oftentimes especially in travel like if i'm prepared to receive it then it will come my way mm. that's what we did with the seats you know it wasn't we didn't know that we were going to get four flights with the whole row but we set ourselves up so to what, potentially what you're saying that. is is what you're saying is we did the best we could created the best scenario that we could for ourselves and then that meant that if something went wrong, it wasn't going to be the end of us. And if something went right, then it was it was like, oh, my gosh, that's the best. Now we are having a better trip than we ever could have even imagined. Yeah. So what are what's the last the last tip? I would say definitely travel with as much baby medicine as you can. That was pretty scary. You know what? Somebody in the vicinity of where we were looked like maybe they had chicken pox and were on the delayed schedule. So we hadn't gotten Neo's chicken pox. And we reached out to the doctor to ask if there was anything that he needed. And she was like, she told us definitely get his chicken pox shot before you go. And I'm so, so grateful that we did because that could have been a thing. That I was going to say that too if you didn't. So thanks. And yeah, definitely plenty of baby medicine because it's just not something you want to be out shopping for when you're there. And kids get sick all the time. So it's it's something that's always good to have and to be prepared for. The last thing I would say, and this is something I learned, you know, with him in the airport is, you know, still let him. And Neo's a toddler and he's a very, very active toddler. He kind of doesn't stop moving, especially when he's awake and <laughs> has a lot of energy. I mean, he's like running around and you know for me it was like kind of let him be a toddler you know he's not going to sit in his seat and so just be prepared for that like we had we did a great job of kind of like switching on and off like I'll sit here and be able to like relax and eat my sandwich or drink my drink or look on my phone and the other person is on and they're just walking behind him while he just kind of like runs through the airport and I was pleasantly surprised how many I mean people are excited to see a happy baby 
And so if you're letting your baby, you're letting your toddler be a toddler to be happy, people enjoy that around you and are nice to you. That was my experience. Now, of course, that could be different. And there's lots of different scenarios. But like that was kind of my tip. It's like let the kid be the kid. A kid's just on a different time frame. And so set yourself up for that expectation that things aren't going to look like you would travel without a kid and just let them be kids and have fun with that. And I think people around you will respond to that and your trip will go a lot easier. Yeah. And I think also to be sure to have toys with you because we were about to book another place and then, and I was a little concerned about the fact that the front door opened right to the pool. And I thought, oh gosh, we're going to have to watch that a lot, even though this place had a pool too. And he never once tried to get in on his own. He's not impulsive. Um, and he's very cautious and somehow really aware of his surroundings and what's, what's safe and what's not safe. But you know, we ended up picking this place because they, the owner had kids. And so there were toys in the house. There was, it was wide open. There was plenty of space for him to run back and forth. It, like the stairs weren't right there. Everything was sealed off. The big, huge porch had a closed gate. I mean, there were so many things that I didn't think about until we saw that place. And I was like, wow, this is going to make all the difference because we don't have to have hypervigilance. And the toys thing made a lot of difference too. Um, and there was supposed to be a baby uh, pack and play, which didn't work, but it was, you know, that was another thing. Didn't even think about bringing the pack and play and all of that. So I just, I just am grateful that the house itself was baby friendly because otherwise kids get tired. Uh, uh, kids get bored. <clears throat> so coming prepared with toys or seeing if your place is a place that's actually kid friendly. Cause we traveled to the beach last year and it wasn't kid friendly and it was, everything was a, you know, hazard. Yeah. I, I think the key there is communicating with the host or your, you know, where you're staying beforehand to really make sure. I think it's pretty easy, especially on sites like, um, VRBO or Airbnb or Vacasa, like for those hosts to click, yay, kid friendly, but it's not really. And I think the best thing is to like message them and to ask, are these things there? What do they look like? Are there, you know, like ask those questions beforehand because don't just trust a box on a house or a check mark that says kid friendly because I think that's just a lot of times people check that because it, it opens up more reservations or bookings for them. Might not be your kid friendly. So is there any last thing that you would think about? I feel so grateful and I'm so lucky to be able to go on adventures with Neo and as a family. It's really a, a blessing. Is it different than when we would go on adventures or when I would go on adventures? It's like, does it look different? Definitely. Are there some things that I miss about just traveling with you? A hundred percent. But at the same time, I feel, again, so grateful to be able to family travel and learn how to family travel which is completely different than other types of travel and adventuring and it's i think grounding in that gratitude and under understanding that it's different and it's going to be different and it still can be amazing and special is really important yeah and they say you know 
before you have kids, it's a vacation. And after you have kids, when you're traveling with them, it's a trip. So, but we didn't even acknowledge that he had two chichis there. He had two aunties. And so we had four adults to one kid, which I think is a fabulous ratio. And great scenario. But I will say that this is the first time I felt like a lot of similarities to traveling alone with you. I felt the same level of relaxation. I felt really good about the whole thing. And I don't at all... I don't know. It just wasn't bad. The other trips we've taken have been so much harder. So I was really grateful for all that. We love you all. Bye. Bye. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.